Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to travel internationally, well, at least in our minds today. Yeah. But I'm excited about the conversation, <laughs> even though we don't get to really travel. Our friends get to come to us from the other side of the globe. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Mindy Taves. She's Lutheran Educator Coordinator, Lutheran Education Coordinator, serving the Lord in Taiwan. Mindy, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. I'm so excited. I made it. <laughs> Yay. Hey, I'm here, here in, at St. Louis. <laughs> in the studio. Last time we talked, it was online in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> it was challenging, but... Um, Tell us about your challenges, Mindy. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Everything. Life. Everything is challenging. Life is hard. <laughs> so a few things have changed since then. Let's see, you were teaching at the time. Yes. And so you were sharing stories with us about being in the classroom and what those challenges were being a a teacher during that time. Mm -hmm. What's changed since then? Well, I finished up my school year at the end of June and I moved my physical residence from the school campus over to 30 minutes away. So I got to pack up my whole life for 30 minutes of moving Mm. to the regional headquarters in Jai City. And I will take up residence there and begin working as the Lutheran Education Coordinator for the Asia region. So that one's a pretty big change to step away from the classroom after 29 years. So now I get to take all of the experience and the tools in the toolbox and start a new path as an educator. That's really exciting. So this is a new a new title for you on your missionary page yes. on lcms.org. That is a new and thing. it's a new position for the region. So now we're all Ooh. trying to figure it out. We're like, oh, we got her here. Now what does she have to do? Ah, well, I guess then we can't ask you tons of questions about what it means because you don't even know yet, do you? Well, I have a job description. Okay, so we'll see, how, we'll see how accurate that job description is. Uh-huh. So, okay. But basically it would be to provide support for any of our missionaries and partner churches, you know, the church planters, the evangelists, all the folks that are working to share the gospel and and to support them in their education resources, materials, any of the needs they have that are education related. So what does education like that look like in the region that you're serving? And I know that's going to be different in different places, but but the types of places that you're going to be supporting, what does that education landscape look like right now? Well, education in Asia, especially for, say, Japan, Taiwan, it's a very strict environment and there are super high expectations for students. It doesn't leave a lot of free time. Mm. And generally, you know, as the church, when we're looking to educate our church body, we're doing that outside of a traditional school setting. So that's where the majority of that's going to take place. So looking to provide materials for the churches to supplement their instruction But the challenge is trying to find free time where these kids aren't in school or Mm. cram school or other activities that are, you know, that are scheduled for them with Mm. their families outside of the school day. What does a a typical day look like for a high school age student in just in the area where you were teaching? Well, in Taiwan, the school day usually begins about 715. It's kind of the zero hour where students are coming in. They're doing some of the housekeeping for their homerooms. That would include, you know, taking some of the smaller tests or quizzes or having some study time. It could be a variety of things that, that they would do during that zero period. But they do need to be there so they can take attendance and take care of 
other stuff. And then they'll begin their regular class day, which will continue until 5 p.m. Five? Five. Their, their regular school day is until 5 p.m. So that's for... Seven. 15. 7, 15 to 5. I'm tired just thinking about that. Yeah, those <laughs> kids are tired. And then generally they'll leave school. They'll grab some dinner on the way, take a bus or, or a parents or someone will pick them up, take them to their first cram school. So if they're studying something additional like English, science, math, those are probably the three most common. Sometimes students are getting extra instruction for an instrument. Sometimes it's for a sport. Hmm. Sometimes they'll go to a sports cram school and it's not uncommon for students to have two in an evening it it can happen so by the time they finish up cram school it could be nine o'clock in the evening you know by the time they get home say 10 and then they still have homework for their regular school day sometimes there's homework also for their cram school they could be up really late and back to school again at 7 15 that's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of pressure wow and there's this Confucius, one of his ideas about education was that everyone everyone can be an overachiever. And that puts additional pressure on you because, you know, you should be capable of it because everybody can do this. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, so, yeah. So where does, how does what you're going to be doing fit into that? Because that, now that you're laying that out, that is that is already a lot for these kids to be doing. And Sunday is typically a day of rest, right? Okay. Yeah. So they, they'll, they, Taiwanese for example, will work very hard, you know, Monday through Saturday, Sunday, day of rest, a day to do something fun or relaxing with your family or just stay at home and to convince folks that, hey, let's let's do something like Sunday school. That can be kind of a hard sell. Mm-hmm. So how, how do we organize our time and maybe think about it a little differently that it's not necessarily Sunday. Mm-hmm. So looking for opportunities to educate our new Christians especially and be able to share Christ with them in a way that's that's going to be education related usually requires additional time whether it's a Bible study hour or Sunday school any of these things and we're looking at schedules that are really seriously overscheduled already mm-hmm. now you mentioned you're coming into this with what 29 years of experience yeah. in the classroom so how does all of that experience that you have, help you kind of figure this out going into this new role? <laughs> well, culturally, I need to think about where I am and the time that people have, the needs that they have, and how receptive they would be to to what we can provide, say, at a church setting. And typically, we find that there's there's always some resistance when you try something new. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true for us when we're living in a new environment, that there's usually some kind of pushback of like, well, why isn't it done the way that I'm familiar? Mm-hmm. And you... Really, it's going to be a learning process for me as we're trying to figure this out and also talking to some of the educators in other regions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really valuable to find out, even if you know it's a different cultural context, to find out, though, some of the, the ways they approached it and then consider what we need to do in order to make it happen for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and not really we need to do. It's where God's going to lead us. <laughs> Let me make that part clear. <laughs> It's easy to get caught up in, I have to do, and it's my job. And it's really the Holy Spirit working through us. Mm -hmm. How long have you been serving in Asia region? It's been seven years total. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you just in your time in the classroom, you've learned a lot about the culture and the people you serve. What are some, and and that, that schedule for students, I'm still like, 
still sweating over it over yeah, here. Yeah, quite literally. Like, feeling anxious about mm-hmm. that long day, feeling like an underachiever here. <laughs> I thought I was an overachiever. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> what other what are other things that you've learned about the culture where you're serving that impact the work that you'll be doing in the future as the Lutheran education coordinator? I I need to expand my knowledge of what happens culturally within Asia because we have partner churches, you know, that are going to be living and working in very different contexts and to understand what the their church bodies are what they're in need of and then finding out how we can apply that because there are cultural subtleties. You know, there's there's a lot of overlap in in some ways throughout Asia, but there within each country there's subtleties. And listening to our missionaries who are there and finding out their needs and then helping to tailor those. Part of what we're considering for some of our first steps would be Sunday school materials providing a scope and sequence because we have church bodies where there's first generation Christians who would like to teach their children about the Bible, but they don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And if we can at least provide, and this is very teachery words to say, scope and sequence. <laughs> it's basically the order of the the lesson, what you're going to teach and the order you're going to teach it in. Hmm. So, yeah, sorry. I got all teachery. <laughs> over the course of time, like over the course of years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that we would we would like to begin to address and provide materials for them that could be on my end, I'm thinking of things that are trying to be as language neutral as possible so that we can use them as broadly as possible to mm. be able to bring them to as many locations as we can. And making sure things are translated. Google Translate only takes us so far. <laughs> I've got a real love-hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one runs deep. And <laughs> the you know, so then at some point you have to have a native speaker that can actually make sure your translation is sensible. Mm-hmm. You know, that people will read it without going, hmm. So not like Google Translate will, anytime you've got a longer passage, it's just odd, especially if there are any idioms within the passage. You know, you end up getting things that are left arm, octopus, peace. Like, I don't, I, thanks, Google Translate. This was not at all helpful. These are words I know, but they don't go together. <laughs> nice try, but no. Yeah, yeah. So you're moving from teaching in a school to a regional position. Is mm-hmm. that right? So yeah. what? What church bodies will you be working with? Well, with our partner churches, for example, Taiwan Mm -hmm. would be a natural place since I'm living there. And and we would also be working with South Korea, Cambodia. Well, we have missionaries in Cambodia, but I don't think we have, it's not a partner church there. Sri Lanka, which just entered into altar and pulpit fellowship with the LCMS at the synodical convention this year. Let me see. We've got a list. There's about seven. Okay. So, and I'm really not remembering everybody right now. Oh, sorry. That's, right. that's cool. That's cool. I'm just bringing that on there. So talking about languages, would you, would you be, are you thinking like English for doing a lot of these or, or what does that language look like then? Well, English would be my starting point and mm-hmm. then getting in touch with our partner churches. And part of this is me building relationships with those folks too. So that mm-hmm. way it's easy for us to be able to share materials. And then locally, if they can take what, even if I have somewhat of a translation, to try to put that into local language so that way it's easier to share with their people. And I, 
I'm not sure what this is going to look like. So this is mm-hmm. this is going to be, I think, the the biggest struggle initially as I'm starting to develop materials and looking to share those with other people. Mm-hmm. So that's and that is in the job description. So <laughs> she's going to be in charge of translation. And I'm great. Yeah, I can totally I can totally do that. So it'll be a big learning curve as far as that's concerned, but it's doable. It's just going to take some trial and error. Yeah, of course. We'll talk a little bit more about languages in just a little bit. We are talking (laughs) with Mindy Taves, Lutheran Education Coordinator, serving the Lord in Taiwan. We'll continue the conversation in a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking with Mindy Taves, Lutheran Education Coordinator, serving the Lord in Taiwan. This is a new new role serving as Lutheran Education Coordinator, moving from the classroom as a teacher in middle school before. Is that right? Yep. Middle school. I've, I've kind of done anything from third grade through 11th grade, okay. so which is a pretty good range. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So now moving into this leadership role in the region, in Asia region, you mentioned the the work that you'll be doing with partner churches and coordinating Lutheran education, specifically education for our partner churches and helping them with specifically Lutheran programs like Sunday school or something along those lines, Christian education for them outside of the what crazy 10 hour day school (laughs) time. And so there are multiple languages. How many languages are you dealing with in Asia region alone? Number of languages could be pretty extensive because even within some countries, there are kind of, you know, some subtleties and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily, I don't want to say dialects, but let's see. The number of languages. Yeah, I couldn't tell you right now. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and just trying to consider, you know, we've got Japanese, Chinese, there's Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I couldn't even get into all the specifics. That's it's it's a little it's a little further reaching than than I have than I have knowledge right now. Mm-hmm. And so you may be working in multiple languages when working on resources, as we were talking about earlier, yes. trying to find some that are not quite universal, but (laughs) that it could be more meaningful across the board. Well, something that I was considering when putting together materials is making sure we have images because Ah, images are mm -hmm. always, as a teacher, always going to be something that I I would, that are necessary, especially as you're learning these Bible stories, for example, that are completely brand new. So images are something that would be critical to that process. And then I had an idea 
to set things up a little bit like a graphic novel oh. for the stories so that we could have images and then say that this image coincides with, say, chapter and verse of whatever story. And then we could easily put the Bible translation in underneath for any number of languages. So it's a tool that we could easily adapt. Hmm. So it could be used in multiple locations if we get simple images, simple images so that way, A, it's easy to copy or distribute or something that you could easily put into technology, like, for example, just on a projector, depending on the situation you have and, and how you would be able to share that information with people. Yeah. So trying to think of ways that we can make tools that are easily adapted for languages. That's so cool. I'm so excited to see what you do. Just like talking about that that idea that that I can see how that would be so useful in that's my brain. One. So, so yeah, let's that's... hope I get a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. No, I, I, I think you have such a creative mind. So I think that that's going to be so exciting to see what else you can do. And while you're talking about this and a graphic novel and, and all of these ideas, what kind of team are you going to be working with? I'm, unless you're actually an illustrator too in the back pocket. No, not at all. <laughs> what kind no. of people are you working with? To uh, do Canva. This? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Canva has a number of tools where frankly, I could start laying out some ideas, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's anyone out there in CPH land that you know <laughs> might be able to pick up on some of these ideas too. So let's talk. <laughs> So is it it really just you doing a lot of this work? It's just me initially. And then as we get deeper into the work, I think we'll start feeling out where we need to expand and draw in some additional help. Mm -hmm. So because it's a new new position for the region, right now it's just me and Canva. Cool. All right. That's that's really exciting, though, to kind of have a blank slate-ish. It is. For a lot of things and with your experience in the field and the the team that's in Taiwan, too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the Asia region, being able to kind of... Be able build to riff off, of these riff off each yep. other, right? Mm-hmm. Build off each other. Yeah. I'm really excited because my office is going to be right next door to Becky Bartelt, who is a music educator in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. And having been an educator in the U.S. for any number of years, if you're going to do something, for example, Sunday school, Sunday school needs music. Oh, yeah. And this is where Becky and I have already said, ah, I think, I think we see a natural connection here. So really excited to be able to work with her and, and see what we can put together, too, on the music side because that's going to be that's going to be a, a huge step for us as well you have to have the music if you're going to be learning the the scripture right the music is important yeah who are some of the other people that you get to work alongside that you get to work with in this new role well being at the regional headquarters i've got a lot of people at my disposal i'm going to say disposal <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a whole lot of the seminary educators that are going to be in the building oh, yeah. so this will be an opportunity for first of all a you know before i have to send anything through synodical review i'm like hey guys you want to give me a heads up on anything and being educators also to give other insights so this will be a really valuable tool because the seminary in Taiwan will be located now at that regional headquarters in Jai City. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a, a, a real treat and then plenty of, of other missionary families that are you know that are there so i i find myself i have a natural group of test subjects Mm. like if i could just swipe a few kids from say the fairy family Mm -hmm. and be able to say hey let's test out this idea see how it goes Mm -hmm. so i do have kind of a well i can test my prototypes let's put it that way (laughs) and and being in proximity still of concordia middle school and the number of educators that are there sometimes i can run some ideas past them do a little collaboration and you know kind of get the the creative juices going. Yeah. 
Because I will see them on Sundays at church, so that part's great. Uh-huh. Hey, guys, I've got this idea. Let's get together. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so great, though, and very exciting for what you're going to be able to do. What what's on the horizon? Like, what's 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 the first thing once you once you're done with your your home service, going back? What are you diving into right away? Do you know yet? Yeah, okay. we'll have our Asia regional work groups. So we'll have all the missionaries from Asia coming in and we'll get a chance to brainstorm and plan and share information and, you know, what I would like to do, and if it has to happen formally or informally, try to sidle up to folks and say, "Hey, so what are you guys doing for Sunday school? Or <laughs> what do you got? What do you got in the works?" And you know, start talking to people about if this is a goal for them, mm-hmm. if this is something that they're working toward. Have they tried other things in the past? So I've already been in touch with South Korea to find out what they're doing mm-hmm. and getting some information to see if we can support and and help them in their Sunday school because they have a Sunday school in in Prague in process and they're looking to get things revamped now that Asia has really opened up after you know, well during now the end of covid yeah. i hope <laughs> and anyway we we can have folks all together because there were still some you know times where folks were still uncertain about coming back to church after the pandemic is is mostly receded and it's just been very cautious in in Asia so at school, for example, this past April, we finally just dropped masks as being mandatory so we could have them as an option. Wow. And probably 85% of the students were still wearing masks. Yeah. So it's still a very, very cautionary reaction to to COVID. So, mm-hmm. And that's still happening within our churches there, too. Yeah. All right. We've covered a lot of important details. <laughs> I know it's coming. But when when we talk with our international friends, I always have to know the most important thing. Let's talk about food. <laughs> food. So you've lived there seven years now. Mm-hmm. What have you found to be your favorite food living in Taiwan? Which is really not a Taiwanese food, but it's kimchi. Oh. It's like spicy sauerkraut. Mm, this, I, I am down with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yeah. So you can put kimchi in or on tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. And everybody's got a you know preferred brand, or we like it better at this restaurant, etc. It's all pretty good, and put it up inside the little guotier and fry them. You know they're like they're we would call them pot stickers here in the okay. U.S. But kimchi guotier, mm, that's wow. the stuff. <laughs> wow, that sounds really good. Not <laughs> giving me some ideas. Okay, so kimchi, which isn't really Taiwanese. No. Where does it? I'm trying to remember. Where does it come from? You would, you would see it more often, say in Korea. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. I, okay, that's what I thought. Other things that you've learned to appreciate about culture in Taiwan, where you're living. Okay, well, I, I, I initially had gone to Taiwan and realized we were going to have rice with everything. Mm. Not the biggest rice fan. I mean, I don't dislike it, but you know, it's an occasional kind of food. Yeah, and of course, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the first year, the first visit I had back to the U.S. after starting in Taiwan, I said, let me just announce to family and friends, I'm not eating any rice while I'm here. (laughs) It's not happening. Don't give it to me. I don't even want to see it. (laughs) And I found myself actually craving rice just a couple days ago. So I thought, okay, I I guess it's really grown on me. (laughs) So I can't get past it. I guess rice is going to be part of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you moved... You said 30 minutes away from where you were. Mm-hmm. Is there anything different about where you're living now? I don't know anything about that area of where you're living, but it is is the 30-minute 
move a significant change in neighborhood and culture and, and all of those things for you? Those things are all pretty similar because the school is just outside of Jai City. Mm-hmm. That many times going into the city, Jai would be the place where I would do the majority of my shopping or, you know, if I'd go to see a movie, not during COVID, and then <laughs> things like that. And really, it's just learning different routes to get to the places I need to go because Mm -hmm. I found myself on autopilot. Shortly after I moved, I was going to head back out to the school campus because I was going home. And I'm like, oh, that's not home. (laughs) (laughs) So just being aware that I have to plan different routes and sometimes change up my schedule a little bit because I'm living in a different place that is actually far more convenient. Oh. And it's right next to lovely Jai Park, which is a beautiful park in the city. And it's great. There's lots of room to move and be outside and in nature while we're still in the city. Wow. Now, you mentioned routes. Did you mention your mode of transportation? Oh, yeah, we were talking about this earlier today. <laughs> I have a scooter. Ah. <laughs> I have a small electric scooter, and the license plate on it does designate it small electric. So everyone knows that it's easy to get around me. I'm not going fast and, and furious. <laughs> but what I like to do is follow some of the elders that are out on their scooters oh. because they like to go very slow. And I'm like... <laughs> I am born to be mild, and that's okay with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging out with the elder crowd on their scooters. Now, somewhat, sometimes they get a little, you know, they weave a little bit as they're looking around at everything. So it's not always the most predictable crowd, but they move slowly. And as long as I keep my distance, we're good. I love it. <laughs> now, do you have a special garage or a place to park? Where do you park an electric scooter? <laughs> well, I do get to park that in the parking garage that's just below our building. So it's in the basement and we do have a couple of outlets. So I'm the only electric scooter right now in the building. So I pretty much have free range. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have like teacher on the back of a helmet or something or like a jacket? This is no, teacher on but it. I do have a really cool helmet. So my helmet has a visor that comes down and it's sort of that kind of that multicolor. Mm. I don't know, Sarah, if you ever had the nail polish, the iridescent nail polish. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And when I had first gotten it, I posted on Facebook a picture of my helmet and I said, I said, either Mindy got a new helmet or DJ Mindy is in the house. (laughs) (laughs) So it really does. It kind of has that effect to it and it, which is completely fun. So they do have really cool Hello Kitty helmets too, but there wasn't one that was my size. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe next time. Yeah, she's the queen of Asia, so. Yeah. It's true. Show respect. I love learning about, (laughs) I I just, I love learning about life. I mean, it's important to talk about the important work that you've been given to to carry out in the Asia region, but also just learning about life. You're human Mm -hmm. too, and learning about what that means, getting around town, what you eat and what you like to do for fun. Those are all important things too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mindy, for sharing your story with us. Mindy Taves, Lutheran Education Coordinator for Asia Region. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you. It was fun. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.